Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Live, live, live from the 10th anniversary celebration of the Hemi Hideout in Brookshire, Texas, it's the In Wheel Time car talk show. Coming up, the inside, behind-the-scenes people who helped create the ultimate man cave here at the Hemi Hideout. Conrad has this week in auto history, and we'll get you caught up on the stories making car news this week. Howdy, along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, we always need more Jeff Zekin, and our fabulous, seldom seen, but often heard of, David mm. Ainsley, our chief engineer. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad you could join us on this Saturday for our live program. By the way, if you're listening on a podcast during the week, be sure and tune in for our live broadcast every Saturday, 10 a.m., I'm sorry, from 8 a.m. <laughs> until 11 a.m. Central Time. I don't even know where I came up with no, 10. I don't either. And go ahead and, and uh, subscribe, too, because if you don't subscribe, you won't know. Subscribe to what? The show. YouTube, tr- YouTube channel or Facebook yeah. page. Well, you would know about that. That's you're in charge of yeah. that. Yeah, yep. well, you got to subscribe to know about that. So okay, we'll subscribe. We'll send no you notices and like when and love. Happen. And if you on and if you're on iHeart for our live pro or if you go to iHeart and pick up our podcast on iHeart Radio podcast, uh huh, and subscribe there, it will send you a notice every time there's a new episode we'll goes up. Bada oh, bing, really? bada boom, yeah. And yep. you and you post those uh, every day. Yes. Outside of the live show. Yes. Because the live show's a live show. Yep. So Sunday through Friday. Yes, sir. Which is an odd duck, but Saturday is our right. show. So it works out that way. Six yeah. out of the three-hour show into six half-hour segments. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the SS Minnow. They had a three-hour tour. That's right. A three-hour tour. There you go. Sorry, Otto. We've lost. Yeah. We've right. lost. We, this get, is, we get lost. Come Otto. back next week. <laughs> That's right. Join us again next week for another exciting episode dun, dun, dun. of My Mother the Car. <laughs> oh, Lord. I what like a that show. show. I like that show. That thing sucks. Oh, come on. All right. Uh, time now for our next guest, Otto Doris. He's the sign expert. And uh, Otto, it's good to see you. Thank you very much for coming. I noticed. I noticed that. I assume that that is your wife that's been taking pictures of you. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, it could have been your sister. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, everybody wants to have their picture taken on the in wheel time set with sure. us goofballs sitting there looking at you, going, <laughs> "We don't know anything about what you do, but we're going to find out." Yeah. All right. So he is the sign expert. This is. Uh, John Hovises, who owns the Hemi Hideout, who created the Hemi Hideout, this is his go-to guy. How in the world did you get that title? Uh, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We know him, too. (laughs) I'm just very privileged to have that opportunity. Yeah. So how how long have you known John? I guess this is probably eight or nine years now. Really? Yeah. So almost from the beginning of the uh, hideout. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Move that microphone just a little bit closer to you. There you go. Thank you. Um, uh, So what is it that, does he call you up on the phone and says, Otto, I'm looking for something? Or is it you saying, John, I've found something that's just right for you? Because you're a dealer, are you not? I'm a collector first like this, but uh, I do have to sell to pay for what I keep. Yeah. Do you have a real job? Roofing is what I did do for years, but I, th- I want to call myself retired now, semi-retired. Okay. So this is what I'm doing pretty much full-time now. Do you have a, a facility, you said, similar to this? Is oh, it here no. in town? Or? No, we're similar. 
But it is probably a 6,000 square feet full of advertising. Here signs. in Houston? No, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. You live in Tulsa? Uh, just outside of Tulsa in a little town called Bigsby. I know where Bixby is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I sure. do too. Yeah. He's, he's spent some time in jail up there in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. in Okmulgee, actually, is where well, he I, went to school. I graduated Okmulgee. Sure. You were inmate of the month one time, weren't yeah. you? Well, yeah. and then uh, Bixby, my, uh, the Rally 350, my Oldsmobile Rally 350 was in Bixby when I first sure. saw it yeah. uh, on uh, Facebook. And Mr. Mars got family up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we uh, go to a family reunion up there in Okmulgee, Morris, all around sure. in there. I'm just 20 miles straight north of Okmulgee. Right off yeah. Highway 75. Oh. So, so, so uh, do, you, do you just really hate us Texans down here? The oh, South? no. No, I love it down here. Do you? My mom lives down here, and my sisters live down here. Okay. My mom did just pass away a couple of years ago. But Sorry. Uh, we'd always come down to Pate's, the car swap meet. And sure. Yeah. She just lived 20 miles from there, so we'd go stay with her, and she'd fix us breakfast and dinner every night. Love that. Nice. Way, yeah. to, way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so your your you're, sign expertise, it, do you um, – one specific area of signage? Um, more soda pop than oil and gas, but I do have quite a bit of oil and gas as well. But we've always done the Coca-Cola show when they had their mm-hmm. – in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And then, of course, Dr. Pepper had their show in Waco and Dallas as well. So I've always done the soda pop more so than anything but uh, and then flange signs the ones that are a 90 degree angle that stick straight out from the wall mm-hmm. if you look around john's got tons of them here. Mm-hmm. i think the first year i sold him 174 in one year's time <laughs> oh wow so, <laughs> sounds like how a many signs do you typically sell in a year uh, I, gosh i'd hate to say a number but uh I'd just guess. I, I bet five to a thousand oh wow thousand. wow yeah and I always tell my customers I don't make a whole lot on any one item. I just sell a lot of items. Got you. And, and yeah. we do more than just advertising. We do uh, soda pop machines, gas pumps, jukeboxes, slot machines. Um, this one's a beauty right here. I don't is. know what you call that, but that's, that's a, gorgeous. A Roman column gas pump. That's a beautiful pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours here in town is the one that restored that one for him. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And do you... Do you do you actually do restorations yourself? I don't do too much. I try to do as little as I can on it. Uh, the old saying, it's only original once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would still rather buy it original. And I, I'm a conditioned person myself, just like John is. So that's what we try to do is condition first. And then if it needs to be restored, we'll have it done. It's like the patina of, yeah, the, of yeah. the unit. Yeah. yeah. And they're worth more, aren't they, that way? Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 You know, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, we used to have the pop machines all restored. And now the guys are looking for those that are original. Same way with gas pumps. You want an original pump if you can. Well, it's the same thing with cars. Exactly. If you can find an original car, numbers matching a survivor, Survivor, paint may be a little dingy on it, but that kind of adds to it. Exactly. Yeah, if that's what you're after. It helps tell the story. I've been into restaurants and other shops, uh, automotive shops, where they've got a sign and they've got wood screws drilled through on the wall. Does that make you cringe? Yeah. Oh, boy. I hate seeing that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But you have to in a restaurant because if you don't, somebody's going to steal it or fall Well, that's true, too, and they may not be... Uh, legitimate, really real. They sure. might be a, a replica or aftermarket yeah. type thing. That's yeah. the way I look at it. If a guy is going to make himself a man cave, or maybe he's got one now and he wants some signage, mm-hmm. 
where would you start? How much money would you allocate for a nice sign, but something that isn't out of the range of reality? Because I know John's got signs in here that they're worth a bajillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. The average sign that we sell now is a thousand to three thousand. Okay. And probably five years ago, it was maybe five to a thousand for the same sign. So in the past five years, things have just doubled, tripled, right. if not more. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, why is so that? So hopefully because you had enough inventory and you've gained by that. I do. Why is that? Because there's, there's television shows out there, these picker people, sure. and there's the restoration sure. people and all that. Knowing that what they do, that's all commercialized, in my opinion. That's it all is. scripted. It is. Uh, you know, buy it for a dollar and sell it for ten and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's – it's not like that in your world or – not so much. I think right now what's happening is it's younger kids that are getting in that I don't know where they're getting the money from, but they're paying the bucks for these signs. And so it's generating a, a market where they're reselling, and it's just driving the price up. Yeah, and, and just the, like and anybody, if you buy the higher you buy it, the higher you got to sell it. Exactly. You're actually going to make yeah. any money. Yeah. So for a guy like me, there's no what like what. <laughs> <laughs> Your Armstrong tire sign. Yeah, I have backyard. one. You've in got stuff backyard. in the backyard. Yeah, I have an Armstrong tire sign. You, are, you got I'd an love RCA. to have another Armstrong. I'd love to have a whole litany of Armstrong stuff. Well, you know, if <laughs> you pick one you out, got? John will take it down for you. You can, you know. Well, that, get did, one John, do you have any Armstrong tire signs? Well, <laughs> I know. Yes. You are my huckleberry. There is no doubt about that. So, well, Otto, in the in the car world, people talk about barn finds. Sure. Is there in the signage world? Is is barn finds a, a thing that you're you run into? Yeah, it's still out there. There's quite a bit of it still out in barns, and then even like the Coke warehouses, there's still quite a bit of that up in the attics, and you know, that kind of stuff is still coming out. Even old gas stations, there'll be gas globes up in the attic. Wow. So, you know, they're still finding it. So where have you been prior to this? I mean, your most recent uh, buying excursion before this, and then where are you going now after this? I think our next show is in Indianapolis. It's the International Indianapolis Advertising Show. They've okay. been doing it for 40-some-odd years, and I've been with them probably 30 years. Um, it's probably where the premier stuff shows up. It's clean. It's the rarest of the rarest. Uh, it's. Are you, know, you going as a buyer, a seller, or both? I, I go as a seller, but at the same time, it's just like anywhere. If you look hard enough, you'll find a bargain. Yep. The so, wife's got the checkbook. So. But how, how do you know, if, for a newbie like me, yeah. how, do you, how do you know that if it's a bargain or not a bargain? There's so the, many places that you can check. Uh, there's WorthPoint on eBay, on the computer. WorthPoint? WorthPoint. It'll be, they'll have all the auction sites that sold signs or whatever you're looking for. And you can type in what you're looking for. And if it's sold at auction, they'll have maybe two or three comparisons. Wow. So it's like a car catalog. You, know, you look up the last value. and Sure. And so are you familiar with Armstrong signage, Armstrong oh, yeah. tires? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Are, they, are, are they rare? Well, they're still making some of the Armstrong probably up into the 2000s. But, you know, if you get the ones from the 40s, it's got the rhino on it. Yeah. The rhinosaur, which that's the collectible. Anything that's got the graphics to it, the good uh, embossing, the good color. And size, too, matters. Size yeah, always, always matters. matters. Yeah. Yeah. You've no. heard that. Yeah. No, so, you know, <laughs> most people cannot use size signs, but, of course, in this venue with John, I mean, there's 30, for. 30 to 40-foot signs in here. Yeah. So when I had been selling to him for quite a while, I, he invited me down for a party, 
which was the best party I've ever been to. They usually are. Yeah. You're still trying to recover from that party? (laughs) Yeah. It was a New Year's Eve party. Oh, boy. But we uh, we thought we'd get to see some of our signs in somebody else's venue. I had to hunt to find my signs. They're real small compared to his big 20 and 30, 40 foot signs. But I did find quite a few, and, you know, it's happy to see them. Now, when you you've got guys that you probably deal with on a regular basis oh, i sure, assume sure and uh do they have a wide variety of signs like this or do they really drill it down to Specialized. somebody like me that wants nothing yeah. but armstrong signs yeah. most of the guys are specialized you know because they they don't have a big shop so they might just at any rate i've got it up there with a the steel cable into the two holes that are on the side so I haven't yeah. ruined it or anything like yeah. that. And it's amazing how well the porcelain holds up because it's been outside the entire time. Yeah. That's what porcelain was designed for, was to be outside. It can withstand the weather. It uh, very seldom fades. Uh, a lot of times you'll get acid rain to it, but, you know, it's not a big problem. And what about it kind of etches like a car paint yeah, would. Sure. Could I get more value for the money with an uh, interior painted sign? No, the porcelain still works out. The porcelain signs what everybody wants. Gotcha. But it's gotten so expensive that a lot of people are turning to tin signs and cardboard signs now because it's more affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still making, uh, are they still doing porcelain signs? No. Nobody's uh, making porcelain uh, anymore. India, you know, which is reproduction signs. Right. But uh, there used to be a, a, a porcelain outfit there in Sand Springs. Uh and, and it closed probably 20 years ago, and it was one of the biggest in the Midwest. Of course, the West Coast had one, and the East Coast had one. There was only three of them in the United States that did big porcelain signs, and they're all gone. Clo- closed because of of people wanting that product, or closed because of environmental reasons of probably both. creating the porcelain. But at you know 20 years ago, everything was starting to turn to plastic, right. and hmm. so there's no porcelain signs out there. People just couldn't afford them. So you, there's companies that will make a fender or a door skin for uh, aftermarket sure. OE product. So there are no sign companies aftermarket to make a porcelain sign, a, a factory that we're going to replicate uh, a particular soda pop. Yeah, there, there is, but they're just small outfits. And uh, I saw one just last week where they're starting to reproduce the big six-foot Texaco and six-foot Golf. Uh, what does that do to the market on pricing? It's going to hurt it. Because they're they're getting it down to where you can't hardly tell the difference, and uh, it's going to hurt it. So you, you can't you can tell the difference. A lot of times you most, can because for the most part, you know, in, in a sign that was done in the 30s, the graphics and the and the outlining of the letters is going to be perfect. I mean, they did stuff better than, then than we do now. We've got the capability to do it, but they just don't take the time to do it. So if you look at letters, they'll be off a little bit. Mm-hmm. They'll be shaky and and the colors is not the exact same. Uh, they've got the porcelain down right where they could do a, a porcelain sign and still make it look exactly like a 30 sign. But the graphics and the colors, just not quite there. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been on one of these mystery shopping trips with Hovis? <laughs> no, I guess I have. <laughs> because we've heard rumors that there is some crazy stuff that happens on the road yeah. that nobody knows about, yeah. including his wife. Now, Bill Prokobik, he d- he does know. Oh yeah, but he yeah. won't tell. But yeah. he he doesn't. Well, well he'll Bill t- started it. He'll tell he'll tell certain <laughs> things. Yeah. 
Bill started it. <laughs> Bill's going to come on later and tell us all about it. All about it, it. yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Well, Otto, it's great to talk to you. So, do you have do you have a retail space in Tulsa, or is that um, not really the way you operate? We do have a small shop in one of the uh, antique malls in Tulsa. It's I forty four Antique Mall. Uh, it's probably the best antique mall in Tulsa. And then we do have a small one in Bixby, which is the town I live in. Uh, and at that rate, I can stop by there three or four times a week and put new merchandise in. And and it's probably turned out to be the best one of the two of them, just for the fact I can keep it restocked. So do you have the reputation in, in those two places for people coming from the United States to go see you specifically? Actually, actually, they do. And when they get there, then they give me a call. And I've got a 6,000-square-foot building at the house, and, and most of them will come straight out there. But you've also got some pretty big automotive events there at the drag strip and, oh gosh, and yeah. a couple of others that yeah. brings a big automotive crowd into Tulsa. Right. Uh, in January, they had the uh, Chili Bowl races there, which oh, is yeah. probably one of the biggest in the yeah. country. Yeah. It's one of the first ones in the country. And we get a lot of those guys that come out to the shop, you know, looking for something for their man cave. What's the yeah. name of your company? It's just Auto Doris Roofing, just a small company. And, that, and, uh, and, and that's where you sell the signs through? Uh, actually, I do run most all of it through that business just yeah. for tax purposes. Do you have a website? No. No website? No. Well, how do I know what you got? <laughs> It's the best is just old, come see it in the old, Yeah, the old-fashioned you knock on the door Never and you to mind. handshake. Otto yeah. Doris, it's great to talk to you. Hey, Thanks well, so much for stopping by. You great bet. information, and hope to talk to you or see you again soon. Sure, thank you. Okay, you bet. Thank you. Uh, all right, time now for, let's do the uh, This Week in Auto History, if we can, please. That'd be Conrad's cue mm-hmm. to go. So uh, this week in 1925, the first nationwide highway numbering system was instituted by uh, the Joint Board of State and Federal Highway Officials. Now, this isn't the interstate highway numbering system. Remember, you know, all the little black and white signs with the shapes? Mm-hmm. And I imagine quite a bit of this is, is the collectability <laughs> that, <laughs> <It's here. laughs> that, that uh, Otto is uh, searching. So, you know... Um, then later into the 50s and 60s, when they came out with the red and blue inter- interstate signs, they tried to standardize that sign, the highway sign numbering system nationwide. In 1932, the last Ford Model A like was that. produced. I like that. Uh, ending an era for the Ford Model Company. And to me, I think this is one of what I call kind of the classic hot rods, yep. is the Model A. And, uh, you know... Just a little bit of chop. Hundreds of thousands of them, I think, yep. have been made. And actually, they reproduce this as a glass body now as well. In 1941, the first Ford GP general purpose vehicle rolled off the assembly line in Dearborn, Michigan. And those, those were called GPs, which eventually evolved into Jeep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ford produced a pretty sizable amount of them in support of the World War II uh, war effort. Uh, Ford built 277,000 of these off-road military vehicles. In 1947, Ferrari drove the first 125S vehicle out of the factory gates. So this was the first Ferrari. Kind of doesn't make you think of today's Ferraris as, as wow-looking like as it. they are. But you got to think back then, that was a pretty wow-looking car. It's fat. Yeah. It's fat. Because back in the day. P-H-A-T. 
Well, yeah. no, but I mean the body is fat. It doesn't Wine. have all the swoops and the right. and that sculpted look right. that. And you got to remember, this is this was built in the in the era when uh, Jaguar was building the uh, the D types and stuff yeah. and the Austin Healys and stuff. And it's got bug eye headlights like right. on that too. Back in the back in the late forties, in 1949, the first automatic streetlight system uh, turned themselves on at dark was installed in New Milford, Connecticut. Hmm. So, you know, these were, uh, uh, you know, now today we don't think much of streetlights places, and they're all, you know, photo-censored. These were pretty much set up on a timer, and when daylight savings happened, somebody had to walk through and adjust the timer, I assume. I don't know, but, you know, I'm sure daylight savings time made a lot of work for that poor little guy. (laughs) And then in uh, 1960... Richard Petty, who's now known as the king of stock car racing, he recorded his first Grand National victory at, uh, uh, in Charlotte at the North Carolina Fairgrounds. Uh, eight months early, Richard had edged out his father, Lee Petty, at a Grand National race in Lakeland, Georgia, only to watch his father protest the race. Nice. Thanks, Dad. Oh, man. And got the victory overturned. So this was, uh, this was uh, Richard's... Uh, Losing car. Uh, no, this is this is the car he won in. But you got to remember, back then, a stock car was stock. a stock car. You know, that they just put motors and, and, and uh, suspension and wheels and tires on. And then finally, in 1973, Honda introduced the Civic. You remember that generation? I do, Civic? very well. And they sold a lot of them. And they've, to a degree, they become quite collectible today. I can uh, see that, sure. CVCC engines you can find them. something like that. Um, and kind of started the whole subcompact uh, rush for fuel economy. you got to remember, 1973 the was when embargoes, the, yep. the fuel embargo happened, and everybody was out looking for fuel economic cars. That's this week in automotive history. It's very nice. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, that worked out well. All right. Um, I want to remind everybody that uh, coming up, we're going to continue the, well... The delving into the, the Hemi hideout here. Well, it's the celebration starts after we get off the air, but uh, we're fortunate to have special guests that um, John has lined up for us. And coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk to Michael Ratcliffe. He's the architect, the guy that designed this uh, this absolutely wonderful facility here, and we're going to find out how all that takes place. Um, and we're going to move your cruise-in calendar to the next hour, That's if you fine. don't mind. That's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> it is a beautiful thing. I did have one uh, story I wanted to get in. General Motors and Tesla are the big winners in the 2022 Automotive Loyalty Awards. Wow. With Tesla topping Ford for U.S. brand loyalty for the first time, according to S&P Global Mobility. Hmm. Despite a three-year industry-wide drop in customer loyalty, GM managed to win the overall loyalty to manufacturer award for the eighth straight year. Um, Customers, uh, well, industry-wide shortages have caused customers to shop for other brands, prompting industry average loyalty to drop from 54.6% in 2019 to 50% last year. No surprise Hmm. there. Tesla's win for overall loyalty to make marks the first year in the uh, that last decade that Ford has not won the award. 
So I thought that nanner, was... Nanner, nanner, nanner. Yeah. Uh, well, Subaru also won overall loyalty to dealer for the first time. 38% of Subaru owners buy their next vehicle from the same dealer. All right. Well, that's it for this segment of our show. Quick break now. We'll be right back here on the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show on iHeartRadio. Tailpipes and Tacos, Houston's premier car cruise and return, Saturday, April 15th to the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy, 8 to 11 a.m. Bring your hot rod, classic, resto mod, or any other vehicle you'd like to show and compete for one of three highly coveted chili pepper trophies. This April 15th kickoff event is one you'll want to put on your calendar because 100% of the money you donate for the free tacos will be given to God's Garage. You heard right, free tacos. Whatever you decide to give, all of it will be given to God's Garage and matched by Loopy Tortilla. God's Garage gifts vehicles to single mothers, widows, and wives of deployed military in the greater Houston area. In fact, the garage will gift a vehicle to a mom in need at this special event. Be sure to attend the next Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise in Saturday, April 15th, 8 to 11 a.m. at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard just south of I-10. Free breakfast tacos for any donation to God's Garage. It'll make your heart and your belly feel good. You own a car you love. Why not let Gulf Coast Auto Shield protect it? Houstonian John Gray invites you to his state-of-the-art facility to introduce you to his specialist team of auto enthusiasts. We promise you'll be impressed. Whether you're looking to massage your original paint to a like-new appearance, apply a ceramic coating, install a paint protection film, nano-ceramic window tint, or new windshield protection called ExoShield, Gulf Coast Auto Shield is where Houston's car people go. Curbed your wheels? Instead of buying new, why not have them repaired? How about a professionally installed radar detector? Gulf Coast Auto Shield does that too. Get a peek inside the shop and look at the services offered by getting online and heading to gcautoshield.com. Better yet, stop by their facility at 11275 South Sam Houston Tollway, just south of the Southwest Freeway, and get a personal tour. Gulf Coast Auto Shield is your place to go for all things exterior. Call them today, 832-930-5655 or gcautoshield.com. The award-winning in-wheel time car talk show is available on the most popular podcast channels out there in 30-minute episodes. We realize our three-hour live show can be difficult to catch in its entirety, so now you can listen every day to a convenient, fresh 30-minute episode. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible, along with a dozen more. In Wheel Time has the most informative automotive guest interviews and new car reviews, along with popular features including Conrad's Car Clinic and This Week in Auto History, along with automotive news headlines. Our live broadcast airs every Saturday, 8 to 11 Central, on InWheelTime.com, the iHeart app, and on YouTube. Be sure to say hello when we're broadcasting from the Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise Inn, Autorama, and the Houston Auto Show, among others. Now, it's easier than ever to hear about all things automotive all week long. You're invited to join fellow car enthusiasts in becoming part of the ever-growing in-wheel-time car talk family. Don't forget those 30-minute podcast episodes on your favorite podcast channel. That's it for this podcast episode of the In-Wheel-Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.